guys, listen, we're going to talk about this. And I know people got all kind of feelings about the time. Um, but I want the reason that I started by asking you is you love Jesus is because I think that we all understand that anybody we love, we give to. Mm -hmm. How many of you have ever been you gone out to buy a birthday present for somebody that you love and you ended up spending more than you intended to spend? Mm -hmm. How many of you have gotten your kids one more Christmas present to put under the tree or your boo one more present to put under the tree because you love them and you want to express your love. So I want you to understand that when we begin to talk about tithe, we are always starting from a perception that anything we do to God should be in response of our love for him. It should be a demonstration of our love for yes. him, right? This is not to argue Old Testament, New Testament. This is just a simple truth that whoever we really love, we give to. Mm -hmm. Whoever we really love, we give to, right? So we're going to be talking about the tithe today because we want to bring some understanding because I was telling Pastor Edwin that I had noticed that one time, a couple of weeks ago on a live, I was talking about the tithe and there were people who were saying, I never heard that before. And the thing I love about being a teaching ministry is like mom and dad said that anytime we see error, we could just stop and address it, right? Mm -hmm. So Let's start with Proverbs 4 and 7. Proverbs 4 and 7, it says, in all thy getting, get an understanding. It says, wisdom is the principal thing. In all thy getting, get an understanding. So understand that anytime we're talking about anything, if you get wisdom on it first mm -hmm. and you get understanding on it first, you're going to know how to better apply that, mm -hmm. right? So we want to get an under, we want to get wisdom about what God is saying when he's talking about the tithe. And we want to get understanding so that we can appropriately apply. What is wisdom? Wisdom is the appropriate application of knowledge. So we know that tithing is in the Bible, right? But we want to apply it appropriately so we can get the maximum results, mm -hmm. right? Very simply, what is the tithe? The tithe means 10. It refers to the practice of giving one-tenth or 10% of one's income to the Lord. Say the tithe is 10%. The Put that in the comments. The tithe is 10%. The tithe is a biblical principle that is found throughout the Old and New Testament. It was an important aspect of Jewish law and was required of the Israelites as a way of supporting the temple and the priests who served there. Mm -hmm. But hold on. Even before we get to the tithe being under the law, we know that Abraham brought tithe to Melchizedek, right? We know you can see the flow of the tithe even before there is a law to tithe. If you go back to the garden, what is the thing that God says? You can have all of these trees, but this tree right here belongs to me. Cain and Abel, what's their battle over? It's over what they give to God, the offering that they give to God, right? So God, put this in the comment, God has always examined our giving. Mm -hmm. He has always examined our giving. So we see we see God calling out the um, Cain over his bad offering, right? And we see Jesus at the temple watching people's offering. He has always examined our giving, right? Mm -hmm. In Leviticus 27 and 30, it says, a tithe of everything from the land, 
whether grain from the soil or fruit from the tree belongs to the Lord, it is holy to the Lord. It says a tithe of everything, a tithe of everything from the land. Now, what a lot of people say is they go, oh, well, we don't work the land anymore. Well, wherever you work is your land. Mm -hmm. Wherever you work is your land. And we know that we believe that. That's why we always say things like God is giving us land. He is bringing us into a wealthy place. Because while we, we don't have to be farmers to participate in this, right. it says that whatever a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. Holy means it's set apart. Holy means it's consecrated. Now, I want I don't know if y'all grew up like I did, but did y'all have one of those communion tables at your church that you couldn't touch? That communion table was something that they treated as holy unto the Lord. That's why they didn't let everybody touch it because it was set apart. Your tithe, now that was just a table, but your tithe, literally the Bible says it is holy unto the Lord. It belongs to the Lord. Mm -hmm. If it belongs to the Lord, it cannot belong to you, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. In the New Testament, Jesus affirmed the practice of tithing and even commanded. If we look at Matthew 22 and 23, we see that Jesus said, woe to you teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercies, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. Now, I love this scripture right here because if Jesus wanted to throw away the tithe, he could have done it right then. Mm -hmm. But he says, listen here, he's talking to them. He says, you're tithing but you're neglecting justice and you're neglecting mercy and faithfulness. He says you should do both of them. Mm -hmm. Do both of them. Tell your neighbor, do both of them, right? While the practice of tithe is not a requirement for salvation, hear me, you do not have to tithe to be saved as in to go to heaven. But if you want your finances to be saved, to escape the troubles of this world, then you want to align with God's principles for your prosperity. Mm -hmm. You want to align. You want to align yourself. It is one of the chief ways that we experience the, the blessings that come from giving generously. It's not just a matter of obeying the law or commandment. Tithing is how we demonstrate our faith and trust in God's provision. Mm -hmm. Tithing is how we demonstrate our trust and faith in God's provision. How many of you trust God? Whatever you trust God with, you're willing to give him. You, can, you don't need anybody to judge whether you trust God with your money all you got to do and look and see is what portion of your money you're willing to give with God because it tells you whether you trust God or not. See, sometimes we get tight in our chest and we get upset and I'm like, I don't want you judging me. No, I can stop and judge myself. Anything I trust God with, I'm willing to give God. Let's step away from money now. You know whether you trust God with your kids or not by whether you've given your kids to God or not. Mm -hmm. You know whether you trust God with your marriage or not by whether you're willing to do what God told you to do about your marriage or you still have your hands on it. If you will not consistently give the tithe, it is an opportunity for you to acknowledge that you love God, 
but you do not trust him in the area of your finances. And it's just an opportunity to grow. Mm -hmm. Tell your neighbor, say, it's just an opportunity to grow. If you find yourself struggling to consistently tithe, if you find yourself getting caught up in looking for a reason not to bring the tithe, it's just an opportunity to grow. Amen. 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 When we give our tithe, we are acknowledging that all we have comes from God. Can y'all put that in the comments? All I have comes from God. Mm -hmm. We were talking to one of our kids the other day and we were saying, anything that we give you, we are only able to give you because God has given us the ability to get it. Mm -hmm. You may say, I work hard. Yes, but if God doesn't strengthen your body, you can't work. If God doesn't give make oxygen available, you can't work. If God doesn't, like literally all we have comes from God. Mm -hmm. All we have comes from God. So let's look at this scripture right here because I think that this scripture is a scripture that we know, but I want us to look at it. We were talking about this last night and just how we see people hearing this scripture. That's not actually what this scripture says. Malachi 3, 10 through 11. It says, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, said the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your vine, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, says the Lord of hosts. Man, listen, to me, there is so much meat in this scripture right here. He says, first of all, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. We have an amazing church. We are standing and believing for 100% tithers. But one of the reasons that this church has been able to do the things that we're able to do in our community and in the world is because we have people who believe in this principle. Mm -hmm. They believe in bringing all of the meat. They believe in bringing the tithe into the storehouse so there is meat. Many times people are frustrated because the church can't do more. But the church was never designed to live getting grants from other organizations. God always said, if you partner with me and you will bring the tithe so that there is meat in my house. And then he says, and because you did that, there is something I'm going to do for you. Mm -hmm. He says, prove me now and see if I will not open you the windows of heaven. So one of the things we understand is that those who tithe live under an open heaven. Now it's interesting. I know a lot of times we sing songs and we talk about these things and we make declarations, but we don't really have the right to extrapolate scripture and make it say what we want it to say. It does not say that everybody who is a born again believer lives under an open heaven. It says those that bring the tithe live under an open heaven and he pours out a blessing. This is the word where I think we get really stuck that I was talking to you about. How many of you have ever gotten a new car or a new purse or a new house or a new job and you said, I got a blessing? The challenge I believe is that we have made a blessing a thing when a blessing is not a thing. Mm -hmm. So what happens, I think, for a lot of people is they bring their time 
and they are looking for a thing to come back. So they bring their tithe and they now are like, I brought my tithe and somebody should have cashed after me. I brought my tithe and something should have happened automatically. I brought my tithe and somebody should have just come to my house and brought me some money, right? Well, a blessing is not a thing. What does the Bible say? We teach this all the time. What's a blessing, guys? It's an empowerment to prosper. It's an empowerment to prosper. It is how you get the thing. It is not the thing. Does that make sense? Because I feel like people get frustrated because they're like, I'm tithing, right? Or I tried to tithe and no more money came. I tithe. But he doesn't say nowhere in this scripture does God say, if you tithe, I'll drop a car from heaven. If you tithe, I'll drop a house from heaven. Pastor Edwin usually says at this point, that would be dangerous, mm -hmm. right? It would be dangerous if God just started dropping cars and dropping houses, right? Instead, he's going op to open the door and give you an empowerment to prosper, right? Now, I want to stop there and not go into the rest of the verse. What does an empowerment to prosper look like? What does that look like? Do you know what an empowerment to prosper looks like? Because if you don't know what an empowerment to prosper looks like, then you don't know when God is keeping his word over what he said. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So think about this. If you are looking for a car, then you may miss that God told you to go get another job. If you are looking for a house, you may miss that God told you it was time for you to get a new certification. What God literally says is that if you will bless my house, I will empower you to have what you need. But it doesn't mean that it's automatic and he's just going to drop it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I'm just, I'm, I mean, you, you were flowing, so I was letting you go. But I mean, I think it's important when we understand Malachi 3.10. I get asked the question a lot and I've talked to people, you know, for years about what does tithing really mean? You know, a lot of people have the erroneous idea that if if I give God 10 percent of my income, then I'm supposed to be made rich. Mm. And, and, and that's just not how the tithe work. The tithe doesn't that's good. work because you give God what belongs to him and now you become rich. This scripture explains in detail the purpose of the tithe, and That's then what good. happens. It says, bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse. Mm -hmm. He says, why do you do that? That there may be meat. That word meat there means provision, provision. or resources. Good. So that there may be provision or resources in my house. Because one of the things that God was always interested in originally was taking care of the people who ministered the word. Yes. If you go back and you study and you understand about all the different tribes, there was only one tribe that did not pay tithe. And that was the tribe of Levi. The tribe of Levi were the Levites. Their job was to was to dedicate their life to ministering the word of God. Mm -hmm. Since they couldn't farm, since they couldn't do carpentry, since they couldn't do iron work, they had to have That's a good. way to sustain their life. And God created the tithe so that everybody would be taken care of, so that the Levite could dedicate their lives to the word of God and the teaching of God to the people. So that when the people heard those words, they would then live out that instruction and then they would be blessed. As they were blessed in farming, as they were blessed in carpentry, as they were blessed in ironwork, as they were blessed in textile, they they, they, they prospered and increased and they brought that 
resource, the first part, that 10% part. They brought that to the God's house. And then the Levites were able to live off of that and help those who were in need. So God had a secular plan for the tithe. That's the good. tithe was never designed for you to give it and it just be heaped all up on you. And so it's important when you That's read really Malachi good. that you read it from that perspective. He says, bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house and prove me now here with, saith the Lord. And if you understand this, this is one of the only times in the word of God where God says, prove me. Come on. He says, prove me. Times. He says, prove me right here that if you don't do this, I'll cease being God if I don't do my part. In essence, is what he's saying. He says, if I will not then open up the windows of heaven, and you talked about this, and pour you out a blessing. That word blessing, you said it, is an empowerment. I like the way Dr. Hillier says it. He says it's an enablement. It enables you to do something. On Wednesday night, Pastor Ralph was talking and using an example, and he talked about the difference between potential energy and kinetic energy. And he used the example of a rock. And he said that a rock sitting on the edge of a cliff has a lot of potential energy. Right. But just but potential energy in and of itself is fine, but it doesn't produce change. Mm -hmm. Kinetic energy produces change. Mm -hmm. And what God says is your rendering of the tithe takes this 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 life that you have from this potential to to the kinetic. Why? Because if you go ahead and you read the rest of what he says, and I don't want to jump ahead of you, but it says here, he says, not only would there be uh, there not be room enough for you to receive this empowerment I'm going to give you, he says, then I'm going to rebuke the devourer for your sake. And I think this is the part that people really need to understand about the tithe. When I render my tithe to God, it is an act of my worship. And we'll talk about that later. It is not just paying a bill. Giving of my tithe is rendering unto God what is his. It does several things. It demonstrates that I have the discipline to handle what belongs to somebody else. Oh, that's good. That, that's good. When I teach about the tithe, I want people to hear me. When you learn to be disciplined, to render your tithe to God, which belongs to him, it demonstrates that you can be responsible for that which belongs to someone else. Why is that important? Because the word of God says, how can you handle that which is your own when you haven't demonstrated you can handle what belongs to someone else? You are never going to buy your kid their own car if they can't demonstrate they can take care of your car when they're learning to drive. And so in the Bible tells us that we can look in the atmosphere and we can see natural things and relate those to spiritual things. You're not going to uh, get your kid uh, something expensive until they demonstrate they can take care of something less expensive. Right. And that's just how it works. And it's so important to understand that, because when we're talking about the tie, what it is, is it says I am disciplined enough to handle what belongs to God. And once I become disciplined enough and I become a steward over what's God, now he can give me that which belongs to me. What happens when I tithe is there's this thing that begins to happen. What? God begins to rebuke the devourer for my sake. So now the pressure that the enemy used to put on you, is now good. there's a buffer there now. So now the enemy can't put this pressure on you. Now God's pouring out this enablement on you, right? If you take that enablement and do what you're supposed to with it, it'll do the same thing it did when the other tribes were tithing. It'll cause you to prosper. As you're beginning to prosper, 
the enemy is being held back. So you're prospering while he's being held back. It becomes that secular thing we talked about. Now you're prospering. You're continuing to tithe. You're continuing to use the ideas and resources and abilities and skills and talents that God gave you. You're increasing more and more. And the whole time, God's keeping the devil at bay. You know, I really love this. And, and people may not necessarily like this. But if to me, this scripture right here, there are two things that this scripture tells me I don't have to pray for if I tithe. I don't have to pray to bind the devil. And I don't have to pray for money. No. I don't have to pray for increase. The truth of it is, is that a lot of people spend so much time having to rebuke the devil is they don't understand the covenant of the tithe. And they spend so much time. And I know that this may kick over some of your sacred cows, but we don't actually have a scripture to pray for money. No. We have principles that allow us to receive money. So a lot of times people are like, God, I really need a breakthrough. God, I really need increase. He's like, I've given you your breakthrough. I've given you your increase. When you do it my way, you don't have to spend all your time rebuking the devil. It becomes God's responsibility to rebuke the devil. I love this right here. He literally says, okay, Chris, if you bring your tithe to me, you go and do the other things I told you to do. I'll watch your back and your front. You do what I'm telling you to do, and every place that the enemy is coming from you to steal, kill, and destroy, I'll be the I'll be the barrier. I love, could y'all see that idea when Pastor Ellen was talking about the barrier? That literally the tide becomes this barrier between us. People rebuke the devil so much because you don't know what has already been given to you. Now, it's cool that we have authority to rebuke the devil, but I like the idea of God rebuking the devourer for yeah. my sake. It's actually a promise that he makes in his word. He says, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not. He, that's a promise. He shall not. He shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Again, we know that when they were talking about uh, agricultural tithing, they were talking about what was being produced. But some of us, our ground is our jobs. Mm -hmm. Our ground is our business. It's where our we, investments. It's, where, it's our investments. It's where we produce whatever we need to live off of, right? He says, he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field. In other words, you won't be out here working and toiling and not producing anything. He says, say it, the Lord of hosts. And, and it's important that we understand that because I don't want people to be like, well, pastor, and I've had people say this before, pastor, I'm tithing and nothing's working for me. No, you're tithing and you're not working because that's the difference. Share this. That's, Stop what you're that, doing. That's share the difference. This. It's not that you're tithing and it's not working for you. You're tithing and, and you're, you're not, not working. working. Because it was never designed to be like Jack and the Beanstalk, where you where you got some magic, magic happening. Beans. It's not that way. The tithe, first of all, belongs to God. I render to God what is his because it shows my discipline in handling what belongs to someone else. It's also an act of my worship. It shows that I trust Ooh, and good. honor God with the handling of my finances. Now, because I understand that and I ain't got to be worried about the devil, I can spend my time listening to God about what I'm supposed to be doing. And then when I do what I'm supposed to be doing, it prospers me in that land. And as that land is producing, I continue the tide. He continues rebuking the devourer and I continue to prosper. It's the same secular cycle that he set up in the beginning with the 12 tribes of Israel. It didn't change. It, it didn't change. And, and I know we're going to talk about it. But even before the commandment to tithe, 
We talked about the fact that Abraham, he tied because it was the right thing to do. He tied when there was no commandment to do it. When he met Melchizedek in Hebrews chapter 7, it says he met him when he came back from the battle of the kings and that, that, that the king blessed him. And as a result, he gave tithe. No one told him to do it. He understood the principle of the covenant of tithing. Why? Because if I render unto you what is yours, you're, I can do, and we say it like this, we can do more with the 90 than we could with the 100. Absolutely. So when we give God the 10, he takes that 90 and makes it feel like it's 200. And we live that out in our own personal lives. And understand this. One of the reasons that the enemy attempts to apply, apply so much pressure to you financially so you will break covenant with God in the tithe is so he can run over your finances and your life. Because you have to remember, being born again doesn't exempt you from life's challenges. The promise is the devourer, won't, the devourer will not uh, destroy the fruits of my ground. So, so it didn't say he wouldn't try to. It didn't say he wouldn't apply pressure. It didn't say there wouldn't be ups and downs. But I trust God. And if I'm a tither, my, I have a promise that this devourer will not be able to come and destroy what God has empowered me to do. Oh, this is so good, man. If this is good, can y'all give some fire, some heart, some love? Can you share it in your story? And I want to tell you this right here. What you need to do is this. This is one of those times if this word is staring you, you don't wait till the end of service to go ahead and bring your tithe and offering. You say, listen, I need to respond right now. I love what you said. You said, first of all, the enemy's not going to stop being the enemy because I'm born again. Because he stays on assignment, even when we don't. So then the tithe puts me in position that I can prosper no matter what is happening in the world because I have a covenant with God and God never has shortage. Never. God never has shortage. Now, this is one of my favorite testimonies to tell about the tithe, which is not actually a testimony about money at all. But he says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, said the Lord of hosts. This scripture is not just about physical, about financial things. This is also a generational family body covenant. Mm -hmm. When I was pregnant with Chase and had been induced in labor and they were, um, his, the umbilical cord was wrapped around his neck. They had put y'all all out of the room and they were saying that Chase's heartbeat was going down. And the Holy Spirit said to me to pray that scripture mm -hmm. right there. I was like, out of all the scriptures that he told me to pray, why would he tell me to pray this scripture right here? Because he says, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before, before the, time. the time in the field. That's right. So you won't, you won't, you won't be pregnant with something from God and it not produce. So what I hear you saying is that the tide will stop miscarriage. Absolutely. The tithe will stop you from getting a business idea that never comes to fruition. It will stop you from always getting to a level at your job and saying there's a glass ceiling because I'm a woman. There's a glass ceiling because I'm black. There's a glass ceiling because I'm 50. No, literally the tithe, he, you'll be doing what you're supposed to do and he'll be doing the rebuking. Yeah. Baby, let me tell you something else. I want you to know this. Even if there was not a financial provision to the tithe, the fact that God will keep your family over the time, man, that is enough. We're talking Malachi 3, 10 through 11. 
And, and guys, I want to encourage you to be Bible readers. Many times when people, we've heard scriptures many times, what we do is we don't open the Bible and read the scripture and we don't know it actually says all of that because all we ever heard was somebody else read it to us or paraphrase it. But if I don't read the scripture myself, I don't know what's been promised and I don't know how to stand in times of trouble. Mm -hmm. Now, let me ask you this before you go to the next thing. What happened? What do you say to a person when they say, well, pastor, I don't tithe and God knows my heart. He does. He knows your heart. God knows our heart about everything, but it doesn't supersede the principles that he's taken in place. I mean, God knows your heart when we when, when we sin. God knows our heart when we're angry. God knows our heart when we're uh, disenchanted. He, he, he understands our heart, but God knowing your heart doesn't excuse you or exempt you from following what God has established. God doesn't say, oh, I know your heart. It's okay for you to fornicate. He doesn't make come on. He doesn't make uh, conditions because God knows our heart. And so I try to explain to people that what you're really saying is that I don't tithe and, and I want God to excuse me. That's what you're really saying. I want to be the exception. I want to be the exception to the rule. And it just doesn't work that way. You know, God is a consistent God. We know uh, the God, the same. We, we, we literally know what's happening in this solar system because God is so consistent. And so why would God then come to you and say, oh, it's OK. You don't have to do it. And I get what people are trying to do. They're trying to they're trying to relieve themselves of the guilt and condemnation they have for that for not doing what they know they should be doing. So that's what I say to people. That's really good. So when we tithe, we get the opportunity to prove God and God will take care of us. Mm -hmm. Right. In Proverbs three and nine, it says, honor the Lord with thy substance and the first fruits of all of thine increase. Mm -hmm. So tithing is an act of worship and it's an act of honor. Mm -hmm. Tithing is an act of honor. It's me acknowledging that I would not have anything without God. Mm -hmm. The tithe is my way of saying I would not have this intelligence. I would not have these opportunities. I would not have this favor. Really, people who don't tithe think they are their success or failure. Mm -hmm. That you think that you can work hard enough to overcome whatever the enemy's doing in the economy. You think that you 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 think it's on you. People who don't tithe are really saying, I think the weight is on me. I would rather the weight be on God because God is equipped to handle it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. Well, I'm thinking, I'm trying to, you know, we, we've talked about honoring the Lord with our substance and with our first fruits. You know, the idea is that people, how do I say that? People who do not tithe, not only are they robbing God, they're mm -hmm. robbing themselves of an opportunity to walk the pathway of prosperity. Ooh, that's good. Let me say that again. People who do not tithe are not just robbing God. That's good. Buddy. They are robbing themselves of a pathway to prosperity. And so you're, you're wanting God to take you on a journey to a destination of having more than enough, right? Having abundance. But yet you, you, you take a path that can only lead to the opposite of that. And because God is, 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 is such a gentleman and he's given us free will, 
He won't snatch us off the wrong road and put us on the right one. What he will do is use Holy Spirit to keep talking to us and having others teach to us so that we can make the decision to get back on the right road. Because you can have wealth, you can have money, you can have all that stuff without tithing. You can't have it kingdom way without tithing. That's good. And the Bible says that God will give us riches and prosperity that come without sorrow. And so if you just want to go out in there in the world and get it how you live it, you can do that. There are people who are doing that right now. The Bible says they don't honor God. They don't they don't honor people. They don't honor God. You, you just have to get it how you get it. The question isn't just about getting the money. It's not just about being rich. It's about everything else that the tithe does. And that's why if you reduce tithe to just material possessions, yes. you, 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 you come up so short. You come up so short because it's not That's just about true. material possessions. You know, there when we when we talk about about tithing, right? It's tithing is not oh, I got to pay my bill. I got to pay my tithe bill. <laughs> tithing is like, yo, I get an opportunity to honor and worship God for all that he's done for me. It's 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 like saying thank you, right? It's like, a, it's, it, it, you know, the, the Bible talks about, and I know it's a little different, but the Bible talks about the lepers who got healed, right? Jesus said, what, he healed, what, 10 of them? And how many came back and said, thank you? One. One. Only one came back and said, thank you. It, notice the number, 10. How many came back? One. 10%. It, it, and he says, listen, all I want you to do is honor that 10%. And what I'll do is I'll take that 10% that actually belongs to me anyway, and I'll use it as the connection between us to rebuke to this devourer for you and to give you more wisdom, more insight and more understanding that you can produce more than what you could have if, if, if I wasn't holding this enemy back from wearing you out. No, think about this. God is so good, guys, that he says, if you will give me what is mine as a thank you. I will thank you mm -hmm. for giving you me back what was mine. Mm -hmm. If you will thank me by being honorable, mm -hmm. I will thank you by increasing yeah. it. I will thank you by it. First and of it all, happens and it becomes, it, it, it a, cycle. becomes a cycle. It's a cycle. And you wonder why, you know, you look at our, I mean, I'm just talking about us. You look at our life. We have been consistent in our tithing since what, 2001 was it? Since 2000. Since 2000, going into 2000. Since two, so for 23 years, we have been consistent and not missed a tithe. And every single one of those years, you can line them up. And our tax records show it. You can line them up. It's gotten gooder and gooder and, and gooder. gooder. Why? Because God is always looking to take us on this progressive cycle of increase. But the enemy wants us at every point to do something to interrupt that cycle. You got to stop interrupting your own financial cycle. You know what? Hosea, it's not in the notes, guys, but Hosea talks about this. There are many of you out there and you love God, but you are the picture of Hosea. Oh, man. Hosea says, listen, when you don't honor God, it's like, what? it's like you got holes in your pockets. You put the money in and it just it like he says you eat and you aren't full. You got clothes and you're not clothed. He said you put money in your pockets and it's like there's holes in your pocket. You know, the. 
we used to in the Kojic church, they used to say it like this, and I won't say it like this, but this is how they used to say it. God gonna get his money one way or the other. <laughs> That's how they used to tell her. God gonna get his money one way or the other. You don't you, you try to rob God, you're gonna end up having that refrigerator go out. You try to rob God, you're gonna need four sets of new tires. You try to rob God, that five thousand dollar air conditioning unit gonna go out. You're you're you cannot. <laughs> rob God and think that you're going to continue to be in a place of perpetual empowerment. I understand what they were saying. I do too. I understand what they were saying, <laughs> but here's really what was happening. What was really happening is that in the refusal to tithe, that there was no devour protection. Being rebuked. There That's was right. no devour... And we know and he people, had access to everything in he your had life. access to everything. We, listen, let me tell y'all something. Listen, let mm. me tell y'all something. Okay, y'all, listen. So, we had this expedition. Man, the white expedition. We had a white expedition. And the Lord was really working on something. What what y'all don't know about us is that we used to buy cars all the time. Mm -hmm. Baby, listen, if it was a new it, car. About every two, every, every 18, years, 24 months. We was go buy us a new mm -hmm. car because we, we like warranties and we like stuff that smell new. Mm -hmm. We went through this period of time where the Lord told us to take all, basically to pay off that car and take all of that money and begin to sow it into the kingdom. Mm -hmm. So we had this car, and this is the truth. That Ford Expedition had 200, what? 330,000 330, miles on. It was 13 years okay, old. Right? 13 years old, never had a major problem with it. The Lord literally kept that car, Right? When we would take the car in for service, they would be amazed at how well the car was doing, right? We only got to, um, well, how do we end up getting a new car? We had come out of that season mm -hmm. and the Lord was telling us that it was time to go get a new car. But we was both like, we don't want to have no car. No, we not have no new blah, blah, blah. Literally, the Lord literally one day, tell me what happened. Uh, well, the... I don't know if the Lord had kind of released us to get a new car. Or he something. had, because I had been, we've been talking been about it. it. We was like, okay, we feel like the Lord can get a new car. We can get a new car. And then we weren't really sure if we should get a new car. We was like, well, Lord, give us, you know, let us know. Give us some kind of sign. We was driving down the street. And I'm telling you, just, just a regular day. And the windows on the car just went down. We ain't touched no. Raining. It was raining. It was raining. We didn't touch any buttons. We didn't do anything. It just went down. And we tried to get the windows up, and we couldn't. It was raining, so we ended up having to take the car to the dealership. And the guy came out to looking at it. And he said, "Listen," he said, "We could probably fix this." He said, "But we're not a hundred percent sure." He said, "We think it's the dirt." In the in, in the in the the dust that's been holding everything together, we're not even sure how this has held together this long. And it was at that day we said, "Okay, well, Lord, we can get a new car now." But God held that car together. They were they, we would take it in for a regular oil change, and they would ask us, "Are y'all getting regular maintenance on the car? How are you? How's these belts not breaking down? How's this not messing up? How's this?" Listen, we were driving back and forth. From here to Conway, and God kept that car. It was we was brand new when we got it, and 13 years later when we traded in. And the only major issue we had was the day them windows went down, and we did not know why they went down. I'm telling you, the tide will keep your stuff. Hear me, the, the tide, tide will keep, keep no, your stuff. Let me this: the tide will keep you and your stuff. You and your stuff. You and your stuff. And let me speak to some of you who have children. See, some of you have adult children who aren't tithing are now feeling the, they don't understand the provision that they used to get came because you tithe. Mm -hmm. And now that they're accountable and they don't tithe, 
now they're getting to see that it's not that they really not that good at budgeting money because you can't budget enough to get the devour off mm -hmm. of you. What you need is you need some supernatural help. I love what Ralph said. God sustains all things for the tither. Mm -hmm. Me and Pastor Strick say this all the time. Literally, we just have to get new stuff because our stuff don't tear up. It don't. Our stuff, we're tithers. Our stuff doesn't tear it up. It doesn't tear up. God has a vested interest. God has a vested interest. So somebody asked that question, what if only one person ties? Yeah, that's the question I was actually looking to go back for. So let me let me say it like this. And I and I'm in Miss Lewis, please understand if you don't know me, that sometimes I can be very blunt. And this is one of the times I'm going to be very blunt, right? People ask me as a pastor all the time, well, what do I do if I tie but my husband doesn't? Or what if my husband doesn't want to tie? Or what if my wife doesn't want to tie? Here's what I tell people all the time. Ask yourself this question. Would you allow your spouse to cause you to sin in another area? Now, now think about that for a second. If your spouse came to you and said, okay, let's just be real here, okay? Let's bring another person into, my, into our marriage to have sex with. You'd be like, no, we're not doing that, right? So then don't let someone stop you from doing what you know you're supposed to do for God. I just don't, I, I tell people all the time, you, we use that as an excuse. And I'm not saying you, I'm saying people use that as an excuse. They say, well, my husband don't want to tie. Well, your husband or your wife don't want you to buy something, but you buy it sometimes, right? God has given you a commandment. I'm not saying you got to take, you know, I don't know how people do their finances. Ours are all together. So so if Rashi Sean decided to, 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 to put her money in the bank and I put mine in the bank and it was together and she said, I don't want to tithe. Okay, the portion is mine, I'm tithing off of. And we've always said that to each other. We are tithing off of what I produce. If you say, well, I'm a stay at home mom and, and I don't I don't produce the resources. You know, that's a different subject. I understand. I could talk to you offline about what I would do with that. I won't spend the time to do it here. But I would not allow for any reason something as important as making sure that I am well protected not be done. Well, I'll just tell you simply what mom says. Sure. Mom says, if your spouse doesn't tithe, you believe God for the tithe. Yep. You you believe because God. Cause, but if you're working, you don't have you don't even have to believe God for the tithe. But you can tithe. But you can believe God for His tithe sure, too. Sure, you, you can, can believe, believe God sure. for His tithe. If you're a stay-at-home mom, you can tithe off your grocery mm -hmm. money. You can. I, I, those are things. It's like I, I I may not have control over all of what right, you have, right. but I have control over this hundred dollars, and I'm gonna take ten of it and mm -hmm. give it to the Lord. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna be faithful on what I can do. But if you want to tithe over your whole household, ask God to teach mm -hmm. you how. And you can ask God to teach you how and ask God to change that person's heart without ever talking to them. You, don't, you don't even have to talk Amen. to them about it. You, you can ask the Lord and the Lord has such a wonderful way of turning people's heart. We saw how he did it with Pharaoh. If he can turn Pharaoh's heart, he can change the heart of the, the non-tithing person in the family. You talk to God about it. But I, I, I'm just a firm believer that 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 you do not allow anyone or anything to stop you doing from what you know that God has told you to do. Are y'all getting something from this? Tell us what your big takeaway is so far. What's your big takeaway from this? My big reminder in this is that when I tithe, I have supernatural empowerment and protection. That's my big reminder. My big reminder is that the tithing is not magic. You are mm -hmm. you are required to do some work. You are required to work. You cannot just throw 10% at God and expect to be rich. There are things that God instructs you to do. 
and you can tithe and not do those things, and all you're going to do is be in the same position. How many of you can admit that you've been frustrated because you did bring your tithe for a period of time and it did not seem like increase was automatic? Because if God says tithe and write a book and you tithe and don't write the book, then what? The book was designed to prosper you. But if you don't do the thing God's told you, you don't put your hand to the thing God has told you, how do you expect to ever prosper? The tithe is not magic beans. And I think the body of Christ mm. got to understand that the tithe is not magic beans. Everybody, I don't throw 10% at God and expect the beanstalk to grow up. Everybody put that in the comment. The tithe is not magic beans. We say all the time, we say God is supernatural, not magic. Right. God is supernatural, not magic. Right? It's, it's you know, um, I love what Amy says. It's consistency. He's waiting on us to be consistent. Be consistent. Let me reframe that. There are things that aren't released until we're consistent. Mm -hmm. It's not that he's sitting back counting. It's that there is a flow that doesn't happen. It's just like, think about it like this. Many of us would like to get up and go to the gym tomorrow and have our body changed. But how many of y'all know one trip to the gym is not going to make your body better? What, how, what happens? You have to be consistent in the gym and the kitchen to see the results, Right. A lot of times what people do is that they tithe one time, they tithe for a month, and then they go, oh, this didn't work. But you were a God robber for 13 years. It, it has to be this discipline that, that Pastor Emma started by telling us we have to be disciplined because the discipline is what's going to position us to live under the flow of what God is releasing mm -hmm. to us. We hope that makes sense to you and we hope that you will implement that because I really believe that so many believers are stuck because you're looking for things and so you don't do the thing God tells you to do. You are looking for a check in the mail and we like checks in the mail. It's one of our confessions, unexpected, unexpected checks in the mail, checks, uh, checks and bigger checks, all of those things. But again, if you know you only, here's a great thing. Pastor Edwin has said that everybody in this church ought to make what? Every one of our partners ought to make at least what? At least six figures. At least six figures, at least $100,000. If you make $40,000 right now and you're a tither, you can't sit back and expect that God is just going to somehow close the gap on that $60,000. You have to use the fact that you are a tither to leverage yourself into another job. So now what you say, you, you say to and leveraging yourself into another job, maybe increasing your skills or maybe get another degree. It may be taking another certification. It may be networking. It mean it may mean leaving the current job to go to the next job. So you can go to the next job to the next job. So that in the next five years, you can get to that six figures. You have to do the things that are necessary to get to where you need to go in addition to the tide. So I love this because Everett just says he will give you strategies. An enablement and an empowerment comes with strategies. Mm -hmm. God is a strategic God. It is not a magic bean. I love what CJ says. The math don't be math. Anybody, any faithful tithers out there that know the math don't math. If you a faithful tither, you know the math don't always You know the math. math don't math. The math does not math. You know you didn't have enough. You know you didn't have enough going into the month. And somehow God gave you abundance through the month. You know the math don't be math. The math don't math. The math don't math. It's like heaven got different math. 
So you, if you want to get the benefit of heaven's math, you got to do it heaven's way. Amen. You know, there are people who talk about, you know, I give as the Lord leads me. And I understand what they're talking about. And there's the argument out there that says, well, tithing is under the law. You know, now we live under grace. And, and, I, and I have a whole argument about that, too, because when you actually go back and you lay out the tithe and you lay it out to grace giving and what they were giving, those people who were giving under grace was given about 33 percent of their income. And their in and, and so so if you want to say you live under grace, then match that grace. Match that grace giving because they were given about 33% of what is what they were giving. But when people say, well, I give as the Lord leads because they don't want to tithe, understand God is not leading you to do something other than what you what he's instructed you to do in his word first. So if you're not, if you're not doing what God has instructed you to do in his word first, the, the idea that you're giving as the Lord leads, no, you're giving as you want to give, but you're not following what God has said to you. And there are churches, and I understand why they're that strict, but there are churches who literally, they don't let you participate in certain things in their ministry if you're not a tiger. They're that serious about it. And while I believe and, and understand why that's the case, I also believe that if you teach people the essence of why we do what we do, Holy Spirit will talk with them. And then when they do it, they're not doing it from a place of compulsion, but they're doing it from an act of worship and love. And, and that's the reason that we don't say, well, you can't you can't go to church here if you don't tithe. Listen, you can go to church here if you don't tithe. But if you don't tithe, there are some things that you're just not going to see the benefit and the results in. And in fact, if you don't tithe, eventually you're going to have to come and talk to us because you're going to need assistance. And we're going to talk to you about why you don't tithe. Because you know what almost never happens? Now, I ain't saying never, but you know what almost never happens? The people who are consistently tithing. The people who are consistently doing what it is they're supposed to do, those are the people who are typically the ones increasing and never having to come ask for help. They're the ones who are giving so we can help people who don't know they're supposed to tithe, so we can teach them how to tithe, so they can teach them how to prosper, so they can come back and then put meat in the storehouse. Again, it's a secular approach. It is a secular approach. And the truth of it is, is that when you try to make yourself an exception, what you do is exclude yourself from the goodness of God. Mm. Because he still loves you, but you're still <laughs> you, You're trying to make yourself an exception and you make yourself an outcast. No, you're trying to make yourself an exception and you make yourself an outcast. You know, um, I even say to my little nieces and God children and all of that stuff, man, listen, if I when I send you money unexpectedly, you need to tithe. Mm -hmm. whatever you you need to get in the habit of tithing. Mm -hmm. You need to get in the habit of tithing because you always want God to be involved in your money. Right. Mm -hmm. You always want God to be involved in your life. You always. I think this is what people don't realize. This is literally how it works. God is looking for people that he can trust mm -hmm. with increase. Mm -hmm. God is looking for people he can trust with increase. Mm -hmm. If God cannot trust you to bring back his, how can he trust you to increase you more? Yeah. People say all the time, man, if I had $100,000, I would give them to $10,000. No, you wouldn't because you won't give a dollar off of the $10 that you got, right? So God uses the time 
He uses the tithe to make sure the church has provision. Mm -hmm. He uses the tithe to prosper you, but he also uses the tithe to determine if you qualify for a promotion. Mm -hmm. And I think that people believe because they are born again, they are exempt from doing what God is telling them to do. Yeah. So then they end up getting frustrated pretty much every time we talk. And, and I tell you this, over the pandemic, we've gotten to talk to so many people who needed benevolence. The large majority of people who need benevolence mm -hmm. do not tithe. And the second part of them have not followed God's instructions. That's true. Literally. Literally. Be like Pastor Ellen said, that it'll be something like this. How much money do you make? Pastor and I make $68,000 a year. Well, we have a promise in this church that everybody in this church should make $100,000. I don't make $100,000. Okay, how many jobs did you apply for this month? One. No, no, no discipline. See, because if I believe that my man of God has released a word that I should make $100,000, then I'm out here moving for looking at $100,000 jobs like, like I'm watching TikToks. I'm looking for the opportunity. Or you go back to this. What, what is it? And again, what's the strategy God gave you? Because maybe the strategy, maybe you don't go from 68 to 100. Right. The strategy could be you go from 68 to 75, from 75 to 90, 90 to 100. But you got to you gotta know and ask God, what is the strategy you're giving me? But that is the enablement. That's the empowerment that he pours out on a tither to give them that kind of information and instruction and wisdom. You know, it's so important that we understand that when we're moving and progressing with God, that we're hearing God. And what God tells you may not be the same thing God tells me because we have because God God knows all of our paths. That's and right. so you can't just you can't just extrapolate somebody else's path and say, well, that's the path I'm going to take. You have to ask God what 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 is my path? What am I what am I doing? That, that again, the tithe is rebuking that devourer off of you while you're following God. That's really good. That's really good. So, you know, now, let's, she, there was a question Miss Lewis asked, uh, and her question was, I think, and I, I lost it. It went somewhere. I think it was up here. There, there it is. Go. She says, does the non-tither in a marriage receive the benefits of one who tithes or vice versa? It is possible. There was a time in our life where uh, Pastor Sean was fasting more than I was. Uh, and as a result of that, there were some specific things that she was fasting for. I know because we live together, we talk. I wasn't fasting, but those things came to pass. Now, what that did, though, is it acted as a catalyst for me to get back to fasting. So so don't 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 be don't think of it like, well, I'm tithing. This person isn't so uh, so they're not getting the benefit. God can use your obedience to turn the heart of another person. And now another person can be like, wait a minute. These good things are happening. How are they happening for us? And you say, hey, because I am tithing. And that can be the catalyst for somebody who goes, oh, wait, I didn't even know that that, that worked like that. Okay, I even well, then I need you. You know, I got a husband. Who, I got a, I know a husband who says to me, he says, man, I know we tithe. He said, because I, I tell my wife to handle it all. I don't I don't know what our tithe is, but I, I, I know we're tithing because my wife handles it all. So does he get the benefit of that? Sure. Because he's like, hey, the person who handles the money, I'm telling you, take care of it. I think a lot of times we try to. We try to convince people instead of obeying and letting God do the That's convincing. That's what I'm saying. Uh, here's a great story. So 
if, if anybody in the inner circle and anybody who hangs with me knows one of the things that I started doing a couple of years ago was practice sowing the seed every single day, right? So a lot of people who rock with me started practicing doing the same thing. Well, there was a there's a lady in my program and her husband didn't know anything about he knew about the tie, but he didn't know anything about sewing, right? And she said that he started to watch how she would sew and the money would come back so fast. And she said, so now when she says to him, babe, we should be a blessing to somebody. He says, is that that Sean Strickland thing? Is that that Pastor Sean thing? He literally wants to know, is this one? Do you just want to give something to somebody or is this one of them Pastor Sean moments? He's like, if this one of Pastor Sean moments, let's do it. So I don't even know this dude, but my consistency that became her consistency is now got him saying, hey, listen, if this one of them Pastor Sean things, I said, tell her it's really God thing, right? But the point is, is that people will see our obedience. Second Corinthians says like this, people will see our generosity and give thanks to God. I think that sometimes spouses miss out on the opportunity to become the blessing because you won't be consistent because you think your spouse is big enough to stop what God is doing. Mm -hmm. So people get into this thing like, oh, I'm not blessed because my husband don't tithe or I'm not blessed because my wife won't do this. But if I obey God, mm -hmm. God is big enough mm -hmm. to bless me and deal with my spouse. Amen. Amen. I'm he a just, firm believer. He just is. He, yeah, he is. He, he just, just is. He just is. And so what we do is we want to make sure that we're not blaming. It's not the church fault. It's not my mama fault. It's not my husband fault. It's not my kids fault. I'm choosing to walk with God. And I think this goes back to the childhood song that says, I have decided to follow Jesus, though none go with me. Some of us need to make the decision. We rock with God if nobody else does. Mm -hmm. I'm a tither. If, if Edwin quit tithing today, I don't know why he would. But if he quit tithing today, baby, that's on him. You know who's going to tithe? Sean Strickland, because I have seen the goodness of God. And, and, and I'm not saying for anybody else, but we're so committed to it. We've made some, some life decisions about what happens if the other person becomes a non-tither. Because we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't mix with 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 none with non-tithers. It's just that important to the two of us. And so we've made some life decisions about that. So yeah, tithing is is important because of, of what it represents. It's an act of worship. It shows my trust and my dedication to God that number one. I'm saying, God, you are responsible for everything in my life because we know it's just not about finances. You're responsible for everything in my life. God, I need help keeping the devourer out of my life. And, and you make me a promise to do that. It represents so many things that that tithing is who I am. I just like I'm a believer. I'm a tithe. We're so convinced of the tithe and its provision. And we always say this, if we went outside today and in the sky, the Lord wrote, Edwin and Sean, y'all don't have to tithe no more. Y'all done enough. We'd be like, that's okay. We good. You can call it what you want we to. I'm, I'm going to still honor I'm you. Still honor You've you. been so good to me. I couldn't stop honoring you. And I think the thing we need to ask ourselves is how do we say we love God so much, but we so, we so tight with our money. Mm -hmm. It goes back to where we started, right? That whoever we love, we give to. And you say, well, God, I don't actually give the tithe to God. I give the tithe to the church. But God 
has established the church as his mechanism. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's the other thing when people are dishonorable. People go, well, I'm going to give my tithe over here to Habitat for Humanity. But God did not establish Habitat for Humanity as his pathway in the earth. Not for the tithe. Not for the tithe. The, the tithe belongs to him. You. That's why he wants to bless you in abundance so that you have all sufficiency in every good work he calls you to. Is Habitat for Humanity a good work? Sure it is. But it's not, that's not where your tithe goes. Your tithe goes to the house of God so that there will always be meeting his house. He blesses you with this empowerment. It causes you to prosper so you have more than enough for your needs and every charitable work. That's what the word of God says. Amen. Have y'all been blessed by this teaching today? We think this teaching is so important because if you go back to the guiding word, the the guiding word tells us that there are going to be some things that happen in these first six months, these first three months, these six months. We can see all of these things happen. Let me tell you something. When you are anchored in God, I'm not telling you that you never go get a bad report. I'm not telling you that something's not going to ever cost more than you thought it was going to cost. I'm not telling you that those things aren't going to happen. I am telling you that when you know that you have partnered with God, you just look to God and say, what you going to do about that? That is not my responsibility to fix. And to me, one of the most beautiful things about the time is that I have no responsibility to do anything other than obey God. That's it. Uh, that is, to me, the most comforting thing about the time. I don't have any responsibility to do anything other than obey God. It produces a partnership for prosperity. It's a partner. And we're going to come back and we're going to talk about this because the tithe is a twofold thing. It's provision for the house, but it's prosperity for the people. Yeah. And God wants you to prosper in this season. So my challenge for you is that if you haven't been consistently tithing, that you become a consistent tither. And then you begin to ask God, what is the instruction that he is giving you? And then you actually do it. Mm -hmm. Don't just ask, do it. Yep. Don't just ask. And then he says, hey, go get a new job. And you say, but I really like these people here. And I thought I was going to retire here. And no, I'm going to follow him wherever he tells me to go. And I'm going to do it his way. Amen. 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 Have you been blessed by today's teaching? So we're going to use that scripture for our giving today. Yep. Listen, I am a tither. I am. And because I am a tither, the windows of heaven are open over me, giving me an empowerment for whatever it is that I need to prosper, to do the will of God for my life. And God himself rebukes the devourer for my sake. I don't have projects that do not produce. Yeah. I don't have opportunities that do not convert. Why? Because I have partnered with God with the time. Do I have any other people that have partnered? You, you like, I have partnered. Now, those of you who've been partnering, you need to encourage these other people to come on. Because let me tell you something. It's about to get gooder and gooder. There is increase for the people of God. There are opportunities. There are contracts. There are new businesses. There are promotions on your job. There is supernatural debt cancellation. Mm -hmm. Those things belong to the believer. Mm -hmm. When you are a tither, you can say, in fact, if you are a tither, even if you just became a tither today, I want you to make this confession. I want you to make this confession. 
Say, because I am a tither. Because I'm a tither. I command. I command. Everything. Everything. All the goodness of God. All the goodness of God. Including money. Including money. That is owed to me. That is owed to me. In this season. In this season. To come to me to now. To come to me now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I cannot be denied. I cannot be broke. I cannot be bound. I cannot be oppressed. Why? Because I have partnered with the God of the universe who rebukes the devourer for me. Y'all ought to give God some praise. Amen. You ought to be clapping. You ought to be putting your hearts up. Go ahead and bring your, bring. Uh, listen, give the giving ways to give up here. Man, listen, you ought to be ready to give. You ought to be excited to give because I'm a tither. I command all of the goodness of God, including money that is owed to me in this season to come to me now. There is increase that is owed to me. There are opportunities that are owed to me. I'm ready to move. I'm willing to take a new job. I'll start the business. I'll go back to school. I'll move to a new city. God, I will do whatever you say because I trust you to provide for me. Amen. And those of you who haven't been tithing, you say, my God, I repent. I'm back. And I, and I know that people say, well, I, Pastor, I can't afford to tithe. Hear me when I say this. You can't afford not to. You can't afford not to. You don't have an, if you're saying you don't have enough right now, the last thing you need to do is not have enough and have the devourer on your tail. You you need to be in you you need to become a tither. You need to become a tither so that you can get some relief from the devourer so that you can then follow the instructions God has given you so that you can start to see some increase in your life. I remember when we believed that lie. Yeah. I remember when we believed. Yeah. That we couldn't afford to tie. Yeah. And I remember that when we believed that we couldn't afford to tie, no matter how many, how well budgeted things were, there was always something, something that made, always something came always up. Came always up. Came no up. matter how many times it looked like that we were supposed to get ahead, we could never We'd be get building ahead. towards something, really thinking we doing something. We not tied, and we putting that money in our savings account. We doing this, we doing that, and then boom, everything and every more than what we need, more than what we had in the savings account was needed. But listen, when we got that revelation going into the year 2000, 23 years, we have seen the faithfulness of God. Listen. And I'll say this to you as we get ready to close. Guys, listen, nobody can pass this trust test with God for you but you. Yeah. Every Other people can encourage you to tithe. Other people can tell you their testimonies, but you will never, ever, it, once you know it for yourself, nobody can talk you out of it. The reason people are able to talk you out of it is because you don't know it for yourself. The tithe is so strong. And I share this testimony, then I'll be quiet. And we can do whatever we want to do. But, and I'm not telling anybody to do this. I just remember so distinctively when I was telling the Lord that I wanted to make $100,000, he was like, if you want to make $100,000, he said, then tithe like it. And I was like, well, as soon as I make $100,000, I will. He said, uh-uh. If you say you want to make it, tithe like you already make it. And for over one year, about probably about 13 or 14 months, I tithe like I made $100,000 when I did not. And I, in, in that next cycle, that next hiring cycle, I got my first $100,000 job. And I want to say this, and this is why it's so important to obey but God. But that was my strategy. No, that was the strategy on. he gave me. This is why it's so important to obey God. I can remember when he told me that and I thought he was crazy. <laughs> I, I did. I was just like, 
And and because we weren't living in more than enough. We were not living. <laughs> That's in why more I was trying to get and, to six feet. And he came to me and he said, Babe, listen, I believe this is what the Lord told me to do, but I'm gonna give y'all a people's piece of wisdom. You gotta learn it when somebody comes to tell you something and you cannot say that the you cannot show that the Bible didn't say that. To say what I said to him is that it don't really make sense to me, but I put my faith with yours. That's what you said. It don't it, it don't make sense to me why we don't why we would do that, but I put especially my faith in with a time you, like especially this. Especially at a time like this, <laughs> right. but I put my faith with yours. And what was interesting is that after about three months, it didn't even seem like I mean the first time I did it, I was like, wow, that's a lot of money. But as I did it more after about the first three months, it just became like Okay, no big deal. What I didn't realize was happening, though, is that there were people sowing into our lives. Little by little, God was bringing people to pass. Different things was happening. Stuff wasn't breaking down like it was before. You know, different things. And I realized that God was literally making up that difference. And as I kept doing it more progressively, the difference he was making up overtook what I was given. And then that literally that next hiring cycle around, I got my first $100,000 a year job. Hey, listen, this is what I want to do. We're going to be teaching about this for a while. If you have a tithing testimony, could you send it to me or Pastor Elwood? We would like to if be you able send to, to me, send to me a messenger. Don't email me or call me. I mean, not that I don't want you to call me, but I mean, don't don't come with a testimony. <laughs> Just send it to me a messenger. <laughs> Y'all, it's time to go. It's time to go. It's time to go. <laughs> It's time to go. Amen. You can call me. That's no, no, about no, 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 no. You, you just gonna make it worse. Don't just stop. Just stop and tell the people you'll see them next week. I see okay? you guys next week. You'll see y'all next week. Amen. Listen, if you have a tithing testimony, please send it to us. <laughs> Kedron. I know that's why I'm just that's why I'm just stopping them. That's why we just gonna stop. We're gonna end this this session that's been amazing. <laughs> we're, and as a matter of fact, we're gonna end it on the high end. If the Lord has been good to you, go ahead and just give God. Amen. Some give praise. God thirteen seconds of praise. Don't forget to sow into Pastor Chris's life. Amen. God bless you, and let this be a reminder to you that sometimes when you think something, you just <laughs> all not say it. Amen. Amen. We love you guys so much. We are believing God for your strategy, for your prosperity. Amen. We are believing God that you will hear the strategy and you will walk the strategy out and you will experience what God said. We love you guys so, so much. Listen. Live your dreams. Oh, don't forget, live your dreams. Sign up for the challenge. Every one of y'all on here, y'all ought to be signed up to live your dreams. Listen, if you are not living your God-given dream in every single area of your life, you need to be in the challenge. And you need to understand this. Even if you have lived some dreams, you have not lived all the dreams that God has for you. Because if you still here, God still has more dreams. Amen. Amen. So y'all sign up. And we love y'all. And we will see y'all soon. Y'all have a great day. Amen. God bless you. God bless Bye -bye. you. Bye-bye. <laughs>